Hello, and welcome to Does It Roll, the brand new RPG Twitch channel from the makers of How We Roll and God's Fall. Over the next few months, we will be taking you through a huge variety of games and events with some amazing casts. My name is Joe Trier, and I am honoured to be GMing the first game for Does It Roll. Tonight, we are playing the Call of Cthulhu scenario, The Code, by Christopher Lackley and Lynn Hardy. Now, I'm sure you all know that Call of Cthulhu is all about mysteries. And this mystery starts early on in 1924, let's say January, when a tenured physics professor named Dr. Kenneth Connolly, of the Miskatonic University, no less, took early retirement to work on a, a secret project. No one really knows the details. No one knows why he'd give up such an esteemed position but he disappears off the map. None of his family or his friends hear from him in over a year. Then, out of the blue, comes an enigmatic telegram. Let's see what that telegram said. I have done it. I have made the greatest scientific discovery of all time. But I need your help. Please come Friday, April 3rd, 5 p.m. to Wellington Matter, Hampton, New York, 12853. It is of utmost importance. Kenneth Connolly. Now, let us move on to April the 3rd. It's a Friday, a bright and sunny morning. And let's zoom our camera in. There's a bright red Buick heads off from Miskatonic University towards Hampton, New York. In that Buick are our first two characters. Behind the wheel is Niall's character. Niall, do you want to tell us a bit about who you're playing tonight? Um, so tonight <clears throat> I am playing a character called uh, John Roy, and he's he's a bit of an older man. He's uh, 62 years old, not far out of retirement, also a professor in the Miskatonic University uh, of the uh, engineering department, actually. He was a friend of Kenneth while he worked in the college. And uh, one of the an acquaintance of Charles Keane, who is uh, my other colleague here, uh, Curran. Oh, yes. Um, uh, my character is called Charles Keane, and I am a professor of physics at the, the University of uh, well, Miskatonic University. Yeah. And then um, I've also received this telegram. I was really wivels with, um, with, with Kenneth Connolly. Um, so I really hope that whatever he's found is really not that good, but we'll see. And as the, the road passes by and you manage to make it out of the traffic and head off into the country towards Hampton, you realise you've got a full day of journeying ahead of you. What do you talk about? How does this scene start? Um, so it's, uh, <clears throat> it's strange that he's just reached out to us all of a sudden. Have you heard from, from Kenneth at all since he retired? Not, not for many years now. It's been quite a few years, especially since he's retired. And you just, I just got this telegram out of nowhere. Yeah. Very unusual. Same as I, I got a letter from him. Uh, a letter. About two weeks back. Yeah, it's it's there in the in the door. If you want to take a look at it, it 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 confused me, but I I, I kept it anyway. Uh, even though he asked me, you can take a look at it there. And uh... and as Charles Keane looks at the letter, let's see what it said. March fourteenth, nineteen twenty-five. My dear friend. I hope this letter finds you well. 
I know we haven't spoken in quite some time, but my research has led me to some strange discoveries. I'm sending you this letter as a safety precaution. I am not sure when or even if this letter will reach you, but I must ask a rather bizarre favor of you. I need you to memorize this code. F194-7L-507L. Once you have memorized it, burn this letter. I cannot have it falling into the wrong hands. Mention to no one that you know this code. I'm sorry I cannot explain further, but the less you know, the better. Please do not forget this code. It could be a matter of life and death. If all goes well, you'll never have to use it. Yours, Dr. Kenneth Connolly. P.S. Don't trust Elizabeth or her brothers. <clears throat> it's a I mean very unusual letter indeed. It's very, very suspicious. I wonder yes. why he sent it to you and not anyone else. I mean, we may have been rivals, but if he's inviting us via telegram, I thought he'd definitely give it to me. Sorry about that. Busy um, yeah. traffic outside. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> They're flying up. down the motorway. Yeah, me speeding up the car there. Um, yeah, I know it was odd. And I didn't burn it like he asked. I, I wouldn't remember that code, first of all. And it just kind of seemed kind of outlandish. I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you know who Elizabeth is? Have you ever met an Elizabeth that was an acquaintance of his? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I think these this... Why would he want you to burn it, though? I don't understand. Uh, you know, I don't know. He's eccentric about some things, but, um, hmm. yeah, like, I just felt like I should hold on to it. I, I didn't like the idea of burning it. Like, it, it, first of all, I probably wouldn't have remembered that damn code he gave me. Uh, other than that, well, I had to show it to someone else eventually, and now it seems like the right time to show you anyway. I know you're a yeah, rival. So you but... show it to his old rival. Good job. I know you're rivals, um, but you good... generally had a good insight in what he was thinking a lot of the time. So. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough, yeah. Okay, let's let's switch the cameras. So as you kind of consider this enigmatic code and wonder to yourselves who Elizabeth might be and who her brother might be, you carry on south. Hampton is in the middle... Excuse me. Hampton is in the middle of a heavily forested region lush and green. However, as you approach the town, a light veil of mist descends, ghost grey in colour, and in the weak afternoon light, rain begins to fall, showering your windscreen and obscuring your view. Hampton itself is a, is a tiny town, no more than a few buildings, and at the far end, a rough general, rough general store. And as your vision becomes more and more obscured, you notice that parked outside the general store are two vehicles, one particularly unusual, extremely lush and expensive and out of place. The other vehicle, well, Owen, do you want to tell us about the vehicle you're driving and about your character? So Jack Conley, um, salt and pepper kind of floppy mop of hair in his head strong jawline, thick dark eyebrows, and a deep kind of sallow golden skin. So looks quite well for his age. His car, on the other hand, which is probably about 10 years old, like is very much a second, third-hand car, whatever his um, modest wages from acting could get. Functional, but not exactly the prettiest car. 
And Duncan, driving this lush automobile, tell us a little bit about your character. Well, uh, my character's not really driving, because that's far beneath a man of his status. This is Richmond Green, a gentleman from England who is involved in this situation. He's invested a large amount of money, you see, and he wants to see a return on his investment. Well, these two strange characters are chatting to an older fellow, a man dressed in rough... Rough work clothes, dungarees, and a, and a mouldering brown shirt. And he seems to be giving directions. This man is Clem. He owns the general store. And he's saying to your character, Owen, Jack Connolly, Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, it's great to see you all here. It's, it's, it's rather strange, though. You're not the first people to be heading up to Wellington Manor. No, 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 sorry. It's a busy place today. What, what do you mean that the first people to be moving to Wellington Manor or to go to Wellington Manor? Well, you say you're the, 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 the third, no. Yes, the, the third third person today to ask me directions to Wellington Manor. And this man here, pointing to your character, Duncan, he's he's the fourth. And I'll bet you, bet you bottom dollar that these two floating up here, I bet they're on the way to the manor as well. Very, very strange. You're not going to the manor from the south of America by any chance, are you? Oh, no, 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 not me. I mean, manor's a strange place. I mean, I remember when, uh, well, Dr. Dr. Connolly's father, he uh, he used to be a good friendly sort, but his son's, or well, his oldest son, he's been a rather recluse. I mean, actually, you look a bit like him there, young man. Yeah, that that's my um, egghead brother. He's, he's, I don't know if he's a recluse. He's just, you know, how these intellects are he just likes time with his own thoughts oh yeah sure um i mean i've not seen him in in what two weeks now um but i saw um his uh his groundskeeper his helper the uh um william he was down here this morning picking up um some goods what goods what was he picking up like does he normally come and pick up goods for my brother or does my brother come down here Oh no, I'd not, uh, I'd not seen, really met him before. He, uh, he popped by. Um, well, this morning was the first time, to be fair. Oh, just, okay. just food and things. He picked up some bread and um, he'd ordered some things from New York. And and the first two people that were going to the manor. Oh, a young lady. Um, she'd driven down. Oh, I can't remember where she said, but uh. Young lady, oh, she's very nice. Yes, very nice. And uh, another man, uh, oh, looks a bit like uh, a bit like those fellows in the car over there. Uh, had a big moustache, very serious looking. Said he'd driven down from the MU, Miskatonic University. He said, oh, probably some of his his uh, his brain box friends, I guess. I mean, he, he's some big event he wanted us all to attend. Oh well, maybe, maybe. Anyway, you watch yourself. We've had some very strange weather, and. Um, and he sort of leans in a bit closer and goes, some really strange things in the woods for the last two weeks. Odd noises in the night. Yep. Anyway, you've got your directions. Off you go, my friend. Uh, th- thanks. I guess. And clearly, I like, Jack just thinks this is a crazy person who's <laughs> been huffing, huffing gas fumes for too long. <laughs> Uh, so Clem sort of wanders over to uh, to Duncan's car. Would he uh, 
are you still in the car? Are you going to leave this to your chauffeur? How would you manage this? Um, so we've pulled up looking for directions, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, at the start of the approaching man, um, Richmond will wind his window down and uh, lean out and uh, and speak to him. Now, Richmond's very well dressed. He's wearing tweed, obviously. Uh, he's got a flat cap on and has a very well cut moustache. But he's an older gentleman, so his hair is very much grey to white. And um, he leans out and, I say, old boy, we're looking for a spot of directions. Do you think you can help out? Oh, well, of course. You've got a strange accent there. You're from France? <laughs> oh, no, sir. No, no, no. No, far superior to that. No, I'm English, don't you know? And uh, I'm, I'm looking for directions for a Connolly house, a Connolly manor. Is that at this road? Oh, well, if you follow that man there in the, uh, that, that, that old vehicle, he'll, he'll, he's heading there right now. Uh, you'd be, what, the, the fifth, fourth, fourth person to ask for it today. Very the strange. fourth? Goodness. And you say after this man just here? Oh, uh, yeah, just the one driving away leaving. now. Ah, then, then forgive me, old boy. I, I fear we're going to have to get going. Um, hey, for your trouble, and he hands you a, uh, a, a sum of money uh, as a little tip. And Parker, drive on. Very After generous, that car. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so you head off out of the driveway, leaving um, Charles Keane and John Roy to face off with the, uh, the friendly Clem. And who who is who's standing in the the increasing rain, uh, waiting for you to <laughs> I guess wind down a window. <clears throat> I'll roll down the window. Uh, hello, sir. Um, do you know where the uh, where the Connolly Manor is? Well, of course, yes. These two chaps who've just left—that's where they're heading. You'd be the uh, the fifth person today to ask, but may I just ask? It's just a strange thing. Why why are you all heading up there? Well, we all received a very strange telegram saying that he'd completed something and um, that we really must come and see immediately. So it's really quite exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we really must be going. But it's, yes, is there anything, has anything happened over the past couple of weeks? Funny you should mention that. Um, it's been very strange. And as you can see, and he sort of points to this sort of layer of mist, which is, is unnaturally sort of hovering at the uh, sort of just below the uh, where the car meets the wheels this mist has been around and as I was just saying to the other bloke the uh, sounds at night have been very strange um, and I saw I swear I saw last night a, well I heard a sound outside my window and saw a creature you're not going to believe me but I, I could have sworn it was an alligator well, you are correct. I do not believe you. Um, well, but thank you very much uh, for the direction, and we will be on our way. Well, good luck to you. Watch out for the storm. I don't think anyone cleared the road in the last winter. Um, drive safe. All right. Bye bye. Uh, bye. You know, drive, pull out and drive, drive up, following the other two cars. Excellent. So. Wellington Manor is tucked into the deep woods of Washington County, and as you drive upon the disused track through the gnarled and tangled trees beneath a charcoal sky dark with the premise of storms to come, you wonder what you've got yourselves into. After around 20 minutes, you see a large Georgian manor appearing ahead, a dilapidated building of crumbling brick 
decaying and forlorn in the perpetual shadow of the encroaching forest. Jack Connolly, this was, well, maybe not your home growing up, maybe a, a summer retreat, somewhere that you know well. But as you approach, you realize that it really hasn't been kept well. And you feel sad for the sort of lost memories of your childhood. You're the first to drive into the, the round driveway. To your right, near the house, there are two cars parked. To your left, near a dilapidated, old, battered stable, there is a car and a pickup truck. You don't recognize any of these cars. Behind you pulls up the incredibly expensive car and the other car, uh, probably more similar to your own, the old Buick. And as you all break, the heavens open up and above, as the turbulent clouds ooze and billow, a bolt of lightning cuts through the sky and the rain begins to pour. we better get going in um can you give me back that letter i i don't want to leave it in the car and, uh, i really want anyone else to have their hands on it either and what was that in here here we go i stuffed the uh the letter into my pocket i opened up the car get out and move towards the front door of the manor hmm. you can just hear me mumbling under my breath seven one nine four you know f one nine foot i just shake my head yeah. Move on. Okay, so Jack Connolly, you will reach the um, sort of like a veranda, like a, um, you step up onto a flat area before the door, and it would be covered, but unfortunately, the roof above you has not been well kept, and it's dripping through, and uh, an icy cold drop of rain uh, lands right down your neck. Just kind of muttering under my bed and curse, saying, "Got to speak to Benjamin about this. This is that's not good enough." Um, and I'm assuming I've kind of got to the front door at the same time as the two professors. Uh, two professors are a bit behind, uh, but Duncan, your character, Richmond Green, will jump up onto the step, if that's what you wish to do, uh, right after Jack Connell. Um, absolutely. Um, so far, Parker has opened the door for Richmond and handed him an umbrella as he stepped out, and he is smartly walking towards the house with his cane in hand and starts to ascend the steps. Good afternoon. Uh, so Jack will take off his like flat cap, um, kind of shake off the rain out of his hair, hold out a hand. Uh, J- Jack Connolly, I'm um, I'm I'm Kenny's brother. Ah, uh, Mr. Connolly, it's a pleasure to meet you. So, his brother, you say? Yeah. Um, who are you? Why are you? Why are you all here? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I must introduce myself. I am Richmond Green. Um, I am from Green Estate in Oxford, and uh, I, I'm here to uh, speak to Kenneth. Um, we have some matters to discuss. I had a telegram, you see, uh, saying I must arrive. Uh, do, do you have any ideas about what's been happening? I, I got a telegram as well. I'm going like, to take out like this crumpled of paper that's in my hand, kind of range up so saying, like, it just said to come. He's some big discovery, but why? Why is some Brit coming all the way from Oxford for some like you know pendulums and silly physics experiments? My brother does. Oh, well, I, I, I'm not entirely sure why he's asked me here, but I did want to speak to the chap because I've not seen him for quite some time, you see. And um, you, you see, the issue is there, I've invested quite a lot of money in what he's been doing. And 
well, you know, I'm a man of interest. I like to see what he's up to and perhaps to find out um, what he's been doing. Uh, a lot of money is say. Okay, n- nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too, old boy. So this is Wellington Manor, you say? Goodness, it's a, a bit of a bit of a state, isn't it? It's not standing up to the name of the good man himself. <laughs> of course, I refer to the good duke. You know of the duke? Uh, sure, the duke. Marmaduke, yes. right? Yes, indeed, indeed. <coughs> in, he was involved in the Battle of Waterloo, don't you know? Uh, I, indeed, I had an ancestor there. He, uh, well, he was unfortunately uh, slain in battle. His horse fell under him, poor brute. Real shame, really. He had many other fine breeds in Hampton. But anyway, let us uh, knock on the door, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get in, Richie. Nice, nice to meet you again. And as, as, <laughs> as you do knock upon the door, the two professors come up behind you, and as they're about to speak, the door is swiftly open. You are met by a tall, broad-shouldered man with rugged good looks. He is dressed in rough work clothes and has, a, has very, very closely shaven, light brown hair. He introduced himself. Why, hello, gentlemen. Mr. Connolly. Mr. Roy, I should say Professor Roy. Professor Keane and... Mr. Green, if I'm not mistaken. I'm so glad you could make it. In fact, I believe Professor Connolly himself will be incredibly happy to see you all. He has asked me to show you to your rooms to freshen up. And when you are feeling ready for company, the other guests will meet you in the drawing room for some light refreshments. Do I recognize this dude? You absolutely do not. Uh, who the hell are you? And where's my brother? (laughs) Me. And he stands up a little straighter, and you do see the kind of muscles rippling below his tight shirt. (laughs) My name is William. William Feller. I've been hired by Professor Connolly to tend the grounds and perform a few light chores around the house. He's a busy man, don't you know? Your brother, I believe. Yeah, he's real busy with his little science kits and stuff. Um, you were down at that weird general store. We heard all about you. Like, you couldn't pick up some lozenges? Oh, well, uh, unfortunately, my voice has been like that since the Great War. <laughs> since I was seven. <laughs> That's, what <I> was <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought I was going. <laughs> I was just picking up a few live refreshments for uh, Dr. Connolly's guests. Why don't you come in out of the rain, the four of you? Can't be pleasant being out in such unusual weather. And the weather is unusual. It is April, but it feels much more like the middle of winter. The rain is ice cold. And as you turn around, I mean, it's only five o'clock. It is looking dark out, and the mist has almost entirely blocked the road back to the town. Come, follow me. And as he turns to the house, you realise he is holding up an old-fashioned lantern. It's flickering light, barely illuminating the likely once grand foyer of the house. And as you cross the leaf-strewn threshold, 
you really are given the impression of abandonment and squalor. William's lantern barely illuminates the gloom as he leads you through the, well, shadowy and broken foyer towards an ancient grand staircase which spirals up. Um, I'd like one of you to give me a spot hidden roll as you make your way through the darkness. In fact, let's all give spot hidden rolls. Okay. Who's going first, guys? Uh, I can roll first. Or, yeah, I'll roll first. Give me a second. There we go. I rolled a 83. I don't see anything. <laughs> the, the darkness is turgid. <laughs> um, Jack Connolly, why don't you come next? So versus a 40, I rolled a 43. Can I Oh, uh, hold up. I was going to spend three luck, but I only... <laughs> so for those who don't know, on my Twitter, you'll see I rolled uh, 15, which is the lowest luck you can get in game. Uh, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm, fucking, I'm going to use the three luck. Okay, so we're down to 12 luck. Um, yeah. You pass. You will notice something. Uh, Charles, uh, Curran, do you want to tell us what you got for your spot hidden? Oh, now? I rolled a three against 30. Wow, fantastic! And um, last of all, Richmond Green. Let's uh, let's see how you rolled. Very well. Uh, oh no, just failed. I was aiming forty-five. Okay, so Jack Connolly, with your success, you noticed a door to your right. Now there are numerous doors off this grand foyer, but a door to your right, which you know to be the drawing room, you notice a slither of light coming from underneath. And you can also hear the low sounds of conversation. Um, you definitely hear at least one woman's voice. Um, Charles, Professor Charles Keane. Um, are you a professor or a doctor or both? Or do you prefer, what do you prefer to be referred to as? Um, professor, yes. Sir. Professor. So, Professor, with your extreme success, you also notice there is a very strange smell in the air. Um You've not really smelled anything like it before, unless it's possibly in church. It smells a bit like incense. Huh. Do, you, do, do your boys smell that? Smell what? It smells like, like incense. Like something's burning. It's it's probably just my kooky brother. I mean, look, he's in there having a chat, doing his little experiments in the drawing room. You can see those lights on. Like perhaps that uh, sage. Is that sage? Will not sage. Willie, he doesn't pay you much, does he, to keep the place in good nick? Looking around, kind of layer of dust along a banister and different things. William turns around and he actually looks a bit cross and he's like, Your brother, Mr. Professor Connolly, asked me to, to hurry you to your rooms, gentlemen. Would you follow me? And he just Are starts dating? walking up the stairs into the darkness. Already? What about the refreshments? I was hoping for a rather large glass of brandy. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sure we can get plenty of brandy uh, once we're <laughs> once we're re- like cleaned up. How well, whatever, whatever. I mean, oh, that's enough first of all. Very well, brandy from. Very well. I'm I'm sure Park will bring my things in very soon. Um, greetings to both of you, by the way. I am Richmond Green from Oxford. It's a it's a pleasure. Who do I have the uh, the pleasure of meeting here? So, I'm Professor Keen. I was in contention for the the funding that you gave to. Uh, Oh, Professor Keener, I remember, I remember. Terribly bad luck that you didn't get it, I'm afraid. But it's wonderful to meet you, and I insist on shaking your hand. Yes, definitely, yes. Very nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. you. No hard feelings, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, slightly, but I'll get over it. 
<laughs> well, I'm sure we can talk about these things over over the course of the next I've, few days. I've got be... tremendously good ideas. Have and, you really? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, One yeah. is about like a wheel of. Never mind. We'll, we'll come to that later. <laughs> Are you? Oh, the wheel's can... already been invented, buddy. <laughs> you pat the back. <laughs> loads, loads of it engineering. As a group, are you going to continue up the stairs? Are you going to split up? Or do you want to continue to the drawing room? Um, uh, Richmond's going to be um, kind of following the... What, he's playing the, the proper guest, so he's going to be following behind the guy just there. Um, his cane clicking on the floor as he, mm -hmm. as he heads along. Um, sort of talking to these other people as he's going, assuming they're okay. following. So is anyone staying behind? Yeah, so yes. I'm going to... Oh, one. <laughs> I was going to go towards the, the door where the... The light was underneath, um, coming through. You can hear people talking, and I could smell the sage or something. And I would lightly knock on the door. And uh, as okay. as he was knocking, I'd say Jack would be like, "Look, Winnie, I'm going to meet my brother, and we'll just walk into the room." Okay. So as Charles and Jack head downstairs, um, John, what are you doing? Are you continuing up with Richmond, or are you following the other two towards the drawing room? Uh, John continues following uh, Richmond, and uh, is it uh, William? William, yeah, yeah. Um, so William carries on as if the other two are following as well. And he leads you up onto uh, obviously the second floor in America, the first floor if you're British. Um, and it is again sh showing signs of extreme dilapidation. The rich red carpet is stained and blackened. Um, and well, you notice that a lot of the windows are boarded up and they're kind of light that's shining through outside from the occasional lightning flash barely can make it in and really the only light is this lantern that he's holding up and he walks over to a door on the south wall there are about six or seven doors on this floor and says professor roy this is your room you'll find a candle inside lit and ready for you as well as a small fire and a wash basin when you're ready join the company downstairs for some light refreshments dinner will commence and he sort of looks at the air as if he's thinking and goes, maybe at seven. All right. Um, is that fire lit in the room or am I supposed to make that myself? He sort of pushes the door open, um, leaving you, Richmond, almost in the complete darkness. And as um, William sort of leads John Roy into his room, the, you'd notice that the staircase continues up to the next floor. And on that staircase is a shadowy figure walking quickly. And you hadn't seen where it, like, it just seems to have appeared in the middle of the staircase, although it couldn't have done, could it? And it just disappears up, off, up into darkness. And I would like you to give me another spot hidden roll. Get out, Better this time, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't come up with the first one to roll a sanity, but it sounds like here we go. It's a pass. Uh, but just a pass. Okay, with a, a 35. Brilliant. So you notice as the, the light from a lightning burst illuminates the figure's face. Although there wasn't a lightning burst. So where was that light coming from? Anyway, it's Professor Connolly, your friend, disappearing off up into darkness. Um... Connolly, Connolly, old boy, is that you? Oh, you devil, what are you doing hiding over there? Um, he's going to sort of start heading after him. So it's really dark and you head up, you kind of miss your footing a bit, but you do find it and head up 
onto the the third floor, second floor if you're British. Um, and it's this very, very similar layout um, to the floor below. Again, very dilapidated, but there is some light um, shining. I'm sure where it's coming from. And you look around and you see that on a small table to the on the eastern wall next to a door, there is another one of these lanterns. And this figure is passing that table and disappearing through a door. It closes it behind it. Hmm. And you're saying it's really dark around here? Really That'd dark, yeah. Like, hmm. it shouldn't be this dark. This is like, like just after five in April. And although, like, you know, these windows are really covered in grime and there is a storm outside from the sound of the rain, it is unusual. Um, Richmond's going to shout after Connolly once more. Connolly, come back here. My God, man. And uh, sort of head over towards this door. Um, he's uh, quite a stubborn old chap, is Richmond, so he's not going to let a little bit of darkness stop him. You open the door. The door stops for a moment as if it's locked. And then you hear a, a sound, or almost feel a sound, and then it just opens, revealing a dark, empty, very small bathroom. And there is no possibility that anyone could be hiding there, nor could anyone of the figure's size have left the room through any means. And I need you to roll sanity. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. Here we go. <laughs> uh, it is a pass, but only just 69. I needed 70. <laughs> okay, so you still lose one sanity, and you really feel your heart beating in your chest like this just feels wrong. Um, and you glance around, and it it is, you know, you kind of think, how could he be? Is he hiding in the bath? Is he? Is there a cupboard? There's no cupboard in there. And you look down in the sink, and you just see in the sink is something strange. For a moment, you think it's blood. Maybe the light, um, although it is very, very dark. You rub your finger on it, and it's, whatever it is sticks to your finger and doesn't rub off. But it's far too dark for you to figure out exactly what it is. Hmm. All right, well, Richmond's going to put a brave face on it and sort of go through his moustache um, and march out the door as uh, quickly as a man that requires a cane can do. And, start and you back bump down the straight into William. Oh, oh. Steady there, old boy. What are you trying to do? Give me a heart attack. Sir, you seem to have almost found your room. Here you are. And he points to one of the doors on the southern wall. You'll find everything you need. Please join the company presently. And in the light, you look down at your fingers and you see what looks to be black ink. Meanwhile, on the bottom floor, Professor Keane and Jack Connolly are approaching the door to the door at drawing room. Uh, are you going to listen outside or are you going to push it open? What are you going to do, Jack? I think you were first. Oh, I like. I would have seen... Charlie, Charles Go, who I've kind of met in passing through my brother, kind of uh, would half know his name or half recognize him, go to knock politely. And I'm just assuming um, Kenny's in there as he often spent time in the drawing room studying and reading. So it's burst open and go, Kenny, what the hell is going on? Um, like, as I'm in the room saying that, basically. I was going to, okay. It's, it's my house. Look, Charles, Charles, if you want to go anywhere, 
it's fine. Just look out for that weird willy guy, but it's fine. There's like the place to fall in the park. There's not much to see here. Just don't take any silverware and you're fine. Understood, girl. Good old chap. Right. So who's in this room? <laughs> so like the rest of the house, this once grand parlour is dilapidated into squalor. Mouldering paintings glared down from the shadows, lit only by the flickering glow from a large ornate fireplace where three figures stand, their faces illuminated by the flames. A young, bespeckled woman in conservative dress and an attractive, dark-haired woman are listening to an older, mustachioed man who some of you, I think uh, Professor Keane, will recognise as Professor John Quinn. And he is speaking in hushed tones. I tell it was as large as a horse, I tell you. But it's with huge bat wings. Uh, and its face, its face was a mass of writhing snakes. And then you burst into the room and everyone's just facing you. And we hear this sentence, do we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, um, who the hell are you and where's uh, Kenny? The, um, the attractive dark-haired woman kind of approaches you. Uh, she sort of turns around and approaches you and goes, Why? Hi. My, my name is uh, my name is Claire, Claire Whiteley. Um, I'm a friend of Kenny's. Um, this is... Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, the doctor obviously introduces himself as uh, Dr. Quinn. Yes, he seems to have kind of completely lost his composure. Uh, my name is Dr. Quinn. And he shakes your hand. Uh, his, his, his palms are cold, um, Jack. And he goes, Ah, oh, Professor Keane, good to see you here as well. Ah, yes. Nice to see you, Dr. Quinn. Um, the other woman is kind of just staring at the I don't think we've had the pleasure of meeting shot. before, Claire. Well, well no, we haven't. No, I, I'm not sure why, why we would have done. It's, uh, it's great to meet you all. Um, great to have such learned gentlemen as you. I mean, I, I'm always uh, great, great to hear... Uh, some, and she's obviously a bit sort of shaken by the whole thing, or at least she's coming across as such. Uh, look, uh, so I, uh, Jack Conley's my name. I'm um, Kenneth, or Kenny's brother. Um, this was our, our childhood summer home, so uh, I welcome uh, Claire. And sorry, what's your name? This is the second lady who's kind of in the background quiet. She sort of pushes her glasses up and goes, my name is, is Diana Colson. I too was a friend. I say a friend. We were. I was a student of the professor. I used to attend the Miskatonic University. Um, in fact, Professor Keane, you kind of recognise this lady, although you don't think you've ever been officially introduced. Um, I've been working in. Well, I've I've been a high school teacher ever since I left the university, and I've received, uh, as we all seem to have done, a very strange telegram a few days ago. And having not heard from my good friend and mentor Kenneth for the last, well, how long has it been? Over a year. I, I rushed to get here, as I guess we've all done. Very uh, strange. Ken Kenneth was just, whenever he had a big discovery or anything, any achievement as a child, he just, he loved the attention. He'd always go running to our parents or our aunts and uncles, showing him what he could do. He'd learn to ride a bike or discover wow. some new law of physics. Like, you you know. were related to young Kenneth. Well, I say young Kenneth. You were related to Kenneth. I mean, uh, she's probably probably like late thirties. Well, yes, uh, Kenneth is old enough to be your father, uh, and I am on his other on the other hand his younger brother. 
Uh, nice to meet you. You like definitely share Kenneth. Good looks indeed, sir. Um, have you heard from your brother recently? We've all been so worried about him since his disappearance. Uh, I mean, it's not that we don't talk, but I'm up in Boston. He spends a lot of his time down here in New York. I haven't really... We'd meet at Christmas, maybe. We'd send a, a telegraph or a letter, but no real correspondence of meaning other than the same, by the sounds of it, the same telegraph you all received. Oh, so you, you haven't heard from him this You heard from him at Christmas. What did he say? Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, hope you have a good uh, Christmas and New Year. <laughs> Love, Kenny. That was literally all he said. Like I said, like we, we don't talk much. We're brothers. Um, like... <laughs> but, like, I mean, there should be... There used to be a butler knocking around here, but uh, Benjamin or, or Benji, but uh, uh, there's just this weird uh, William character who is, has done a terrible job keeping the place. This is actually a stunning house. It just needs a little bit of elbow grease. You turn around and William has appeared, and he's obviously heard what you've just said. I'll bring through some refreshments presently. Um, there's a drinks cabinet over in the corner, which Dr. Connolly keeps well stocked please help yourselves and i'll i'll bring you some food i believe you the other gentleman will be down presently and he leaves and as he leaves uh john presser john roy enters the room as well um can i just uh be in my room before i came down yeah um i wanted to take the letter and tear out the part that has the code on it and burn mm -hmm. the rest and I wanted to fold that part up and just stick it into my sock so that it wasn't in my pocket or anything like that, just so that it's hidden and I have it. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's raining a, a monsoon outside. I'm sure your socks will sit perfectly dry. <laughs> well, that or, yeah, well, that's where it is. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I walk into the room then. Uh, uh, hey, hello, everyone. Um, uh, William mentioned refreshments. I don't see anything yet. How is he? Uh, is... I can knock up a mean Tom Collins as I'm walking towards the drinks cabinet. I, I can I have a <laughs> sidecar if anyone likes a sidecar. So, Dr. Quinn um, does, uh, and Diana and, and Claire, when exactly did you all arrive here? Um, so Claire starts putting as well. I, I arrived just before five, um, soon followed by, by Diana here. And Diana nods. And uh, lastly, uh, Dr. Quinn arrived soon after that. We, we've really not been here a long time. Have you, have you noticed this really unusual mist that just seems to be all over the place? I, I can't say I have. Oh, so you don't have eyes. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> um, that, that's fair enough. I just, I just, I, I talked to the, um, uh, the man who was, I think Glenn was his name, um, down at the general store. He said he, there's been this unusual mist that's showing up and now this rain it's all rather peculiar i think um, a bit odd i think at that moment uh richmond green enters the room looking um slightly less composed than he was when you last saw him <clears throat> how about that brandy is it around oh hello there <laughs> jack reaches out with the brandy in his hand just hands him a bottle uh, i'm making cocktails i I don't need this for a minute. <laughs> Marvellous. Thank you, old boy. He's going to take the brandy and have a fair swig and then notice there's some new people in the room. 
So introductions are made, drinks are passed around, and uh, William appears with a tray of what could be very generously described as volivants. Um, I think those of you with a credit rating higher than 60 would probably not fancy these. They're, they're maybe a little too rustic. Um, to everyone else, I guess it's it's reasonably good food. It's uh, probably bought from the, the very small general store. It's fresh, at least. Um, and you all kind of get to know each other reasonably well. Um, Dr. Quinn is another professor of physics, um, although he is much more of a teacher. So he he's focused rather than on his own research. Um, Diana is, as I, as I said before, is a physics teacher. Um, and um, Claire, she is a student at the University of Chicago. Um, and she focuses on, well, she says the occult. Um, you're all kind of getting on quite well or reasonably well when suddenly William rushes into the room and he's looking a little bit shocked but he says I'm sorry to interrupt all you fine folks but I've just been searching all over for Dr. Connolly and I, I can't find him anywhere he seems to have disappeared <laughs> Richmond's going to splutter in his brandy as he, <laughs> as he says he's disappeared <laughs> <laughs> What again? <laughs> he, he and William kind of just looks at you a bit confused. He he said that he'd be waiting for you all in the library, and I've just been there and he's not there. I've quickly run up to his room. He's not there. I don't know where he's gone. He's disappeared. So you've checked two places and you're concerned. It is a pretty um, big house. You haven't really done a great <laughs> job of looking out, have you? <laughs> and, <laughs> And Claire says, well, why, why don't we all maybe check out this library? Maybe maybe he's there, or maybe there's a clue to where he could be. He will arrive in good time. William looks <laughs> really uncomfortable and goes, oh, well, I'm going to carry on looking, but I'm, I'm really concerned. He, he, he was due to come and meet you all. He said for you to all meet in the library, but, but he's William, he's I'm sure there. this is just him trying to have an elaborate showy like you know real theatric reveal of this discovery he has he's always been uh, jealous of my charismatic uh, nature and talent he had the brains i had the personality so he's always been trying to you know friendly rivalry you get like one upmanship i'm sure that's all this is well by the sounds of it he wants us to go to the library anyway so maybe we could um go there so he can do his big reveal and surprise us all <laughs> i mean he's going he's going like i his big idea of a reveal is he's going to walk out of the cupboard in the library. And it, it probably won't even be a cupboard in the library. He'll have brought in a cupboard that won't look like it's part of a library. But act surprised. Like, it'll make his day. So, like, of course, Diana's, like, secret passages. Well. <laughs> 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 like, we're all having one conversation in here. And he's, like, just, he's on a different level. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't got the planning permission yet for secret passages, but that's, we're working on it. <laughs> send, send another check please well, I think it's probably best we don't keep the man waiting he might be there right now how about we go to the library and see if he's there so I mean everyone follows you so you, you go through as uh, seven of you um, William sort of disappears off upstairs to kind of I guess continue searching um, and you open the door uh, Jack I'm going to assume that you're going to go first yeah 
I, I, yeah, I guess so. I'm really confident this is going to go yeah. well for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was waiting. A pause for letting anyone else to jump in, lads. But okay, I, I, yeah, I bravely go forward first, I guess. <laughs> you used to, to live here. You, you go first immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a big library. Actually, I was maybe a big library guy. <laughs> I have decent library use. You know where the library is as well. And now sort of Williams has disappeared in a huff that um, I guess no one else really knows where it is. Um, so the library is one of the largest rooms in the house with a, a really high ceiling um, and walls filled with books. Now, the first thing you notice as you enter in, this is a lit room. Every other room you've been in the house has, hasn't had electricity, hasn't had any kind of, you know, there's no gas built in. It's, it's lit by the fireplace or by these like lanterns or candles. This room has electricity and you can hear that sort of buzzing um, sort of pulse as you enter. Damn, this room is lit. Is a <laughs> jump. It, it was there. We all wanted to do it. I had to do it for the audience. <laughs> um, in the sense of the room, there is a jumble of machinery, uh, a sort of combination of a machine shop sort of equipment, which I guess John Roy will be more familiar with, and some very strange and random electrical devices that maybe more Charles would be more familiar with. Whatever its original purpose, um, although there are books on the wall, um, it has been converted into a workshop and I guess maybe a laboratory. Um, there is all kinds of crazy devices and strange gizmos. But in the center of the room, which draws all of your attention, is a curious device. It looks maybe like a backpack, but with sort of cables going into a helmet of some sort. There's a pair of odd-looking boots bound in copper and a pair of odd-looking gloves. Another pair of uh, another sort of pair of boots and gloves are attached to this this device by the belt by its belt. And it's hanging on like a, a crude sort of mannequin stand. Fascinating. What on earth could he have been working on? I don't know why. My goodness, what's this? I don't know, but it definitely looks expensive. I see where your money's gone. <laughs> it does rather. I'm glad he's been putting it to good use, but... <laughs> definitely think... not been using it on the house. Is it? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Is this is this very much the kind of thing that you're wanting to do with the investment? Absolutely not. I'm not going to make something that's going to kill people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, Charles, don't let that jealous streak get out. It's not necessarily going to kill people. You don't have to just put down all of uh, all of Kenneth's work every time. I mean, you don't you have to defend Kenneth. He can defend himself if uh, only well, he was here. Not here so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cap capital punishment is big business in, in parts of this country. We could sell it this electric chair to Hickey and make money, maybe. You have quite the business <laughs> mind there, Mr. Jack. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Eden <laughs> Vullivonks that he's brought from, um, <laughs> which he calls Vullivonks, so that it can pongs. Uh, so so what, what is this thing, uh, again, to Charles? Can yes, come on, Professor Keen, Professor Roy. What, what, what are we looking at here? I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Uh, I'm not familiar with, with this, uh, maybe a bit, it's a piece. If I had some time to look at it, I could maybe figure something out. But, uh, right now I'm, I'm as confused as the rest of you. What if I was to, um, try and, try and understand, if I roll physics, would I be able to potentially see what this, this is? 
It is very confusing. Um, so yeah, are you going to look at it? Are you going to are you going to put it on? What? How, how are you going to examine it? What are you looking for? <laughs> oh. So John Roy says this couldn't possibly kill me. La, I didn't la, say la. that. I said it probably <laughs> will not kill you. So, <laughs> it definitely probably won't. <laughs> so the the other kind of characters in the room are sort of spe- were spacing out. So Diana and Doctor Doctor Quinn had gone over to this large uh, green whiteboard, which is covered in these like crazy notes. Um, green whiteboard? Do you mean a blackboard? <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's green. Like it's it's dark green. Uh, it's not black. <laughs> Chalkboard. Oh, it's a chalkboard, sorry. I couldn't think of the word chalkboard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not and, white either, clearly. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, it's covered in these these crazy equations. Um, I guess um, the other lady, Claire, is kind of just watching you in bemusement as you kind of struggle with the the heavy backpack and the different parts, and you you kind of get it on. And, I, and as you kind of click the final thing into place... Um, Everyone in the room is now watching you. Yes. Um, do you want to give me that that physics roll? But right before I do, I go. My God! I'm really messing with you. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh yes, yes, rather. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I hope you get Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite understand that reference. <laughs> oh, it'll be either killing eight here. 90 years, depending <laughs> on if you read books or watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. Oh, I've rolled 38 against 70. Wow. Do you want to, uh, do you want to spend three luck to make that a hard success? Do you know what? I think I will. Yes, three luck. That puts me on 52 luck, so everyone knows. I've got quite a lot of luck on this character. You're now only blind <laughs> instead, instead of, you know, <laughs> incapacitated. Okay, so... <laughs> The the first thing you notice is that the backpack itself seems to be, or seems to have one very strange power source. And although you can definitely tell that it's generating an enormous amount of power, you've never seen anything like this, and you don't know how it could possibly be generating the levels of power that it seems to be giving off, particularly the kind of electromagnetic pulses for something so small. It doesn't make any sense. But it there also doesn't seem to be any controls or any way of turning it on. You know, as you're kind of examining the backpack before you put it on, there's no like on or off switch. There's no dials. There's no buttons. There's nothing. You kind of put it on. The the only thing that could possibly give you a way of controlling it is on the wrist. So the large gloves actually extend halfway up the device's forearm. And on the left one, there is a gap, a hole, about four inches long, one inch wide, and about one inch deep, where something appears to be missing. So thank you again for listening. Um, If you want to hear more of our stuff, we have now created our very own Twitch channel and YouTube channel called Does It Roll? And you can find us on there every week. We're going to be streaming um, the new Dungeons & Dragons um, campaign, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, every Sunday, 8pm BST, which I think is 3pm EDT. 
Um, and we're going to be doing that in partnership with Wizard of the Coast, which is a huge deal for us. So definitely check out the first episode, which was streamed live as part of the Wizard of the Coast D&D celebration. And it's available on their YouTube channel. Um, and I believe that we'll have it on our YouTube channel very, very soon. Um, right now, you can see a copy of The Code, which was our first release, which was a, a very, very fun Call of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu scenario, GM'd by myself. And uh, we had a special guest, Dun- uh, Duncan Rhodes, which was uh, enormous fun to play. So yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, we have lots of things coming over the next few weeks. Obviously, we've got Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, we've got more Two-Headed Serpent, and we've got the finale of Mass of Nanathap coming up very, very soon. Um, if you cannot wait for that, please do check out our p- Patreon. Um, it's at patreon.com forward slash how we roll podcast. Um, not only do you get early releases, for example, last night I posted the finale of Massive Nanatap to all patrons who donate at $10 or more. Um, but we also have a whole load of Patreon only games um, and they're available for the $5 a month level. So about the price of a coffee. Um, we've got a Call of Cthulhu scenario up there called The Space Between, which um, has been described as one of our best ever recordings. Uh, GM by Scott Dorwood. Uh, super, super fun. We also have two cult divinity lost um scenarios or games there which are sort of dark horror more serious role playing with myself scott and dave as players and um craig from red moon roleplay as the gm so yeah please definitely check that out patreon.com forward slash how we put roll podcast um our patreon is the main way that we keep going um without our patrons we actually couldn't be a podcast we certainly couldn't release every week so thank you to everyone who supports us um even if you only support a dollar a month it, it makes a massive massive difference because you know if we get 50 people doing that that's actually quite a big chunk of money and it and it helps pay our bills and it helps so it helps me justify my wife the uh, the hours every week i spend uh, writing and editing <laughs> um so thank you everyone who supports us and thank you to all our new patrons so uh, thank you nimrod sf thank you dj shadow penguin thank you nathan gurin thank you misty tires thank you y4h and thank you andrew saucer who are our newest patrons um we also want to say a big thank you to battlebars.com they um have supplied many of the sound effects and music you've heard on the show i definitely recommend checking them out and as i said we will be back with the next episode, probably Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, about this time next week. And we'll also be back um, on Sunday, where you can find us live on twitch.tv forward slash does it roll. Please come and check us out.